everybody. Good evening or good morning, whatever time it is. Welcome to the episode number two of uh, What the Heck Happened to That Guy. That's right. My name is Jimmy Palumbo, and my co-host's name is... Coach Rick Antonori. How you doing? All right, Ricky. Um, well, as you guys know, what we do on this show is really simple. It's like when you're sitting at the bar and somebody's name comes up in, on the screen as a, you know, got two doubles in a game on this date. And you look at your buddy and you say, what the heck happened to that guy? I remember him. He was pretty good. Or, or you may say he was shitty. And we laugh about it. We, you know, you're kind of uneducated. So we decided to look at those guys. And since Rick is a Met fan and I am a Yankee fan, I take a Yankee and he takes a Met. Um, they, don't have, they weren't necessarily shitty. But they weren't necessarily great. No Jeters, no, you know, Mariano. No Piazzas, no, no Piazzas. You know, Tom Seaver. Yeah, none of that stuff. And we, we're going to try to make it like past 1975, even though if the guy's career might have started before that. Just 75 is kind of our cutoff because we can, we can only go only back to 1960, and nobody cares about those guys anyway. So, um, <laughs> so that's it. Now, Rick, of course, is a baseball coach. Where are you, Coach Rick? Right now, I'm coaching at Clark State Community College. It's a Division II uh, JUCO. Um, although I was with the Cincinnati Steam in the Great Lakes League this year, and I have some surprising news. All right, um, I've been uh, I got contacted by the Florida Coastal League for potentially next summer. Wow, there you go. That would be well. You'd have to go to Florida. Yeah, I would have to go to Florida for about six weeks. Oh, and your wife is saying, "Hang on there, Pally." No, she's actually she looked at me and goes, "That could be a good thing for you." All right. Well, you go. But, you might but be I, got, I hope that works out for you. Yeah, but I, but I gotta take my twelve-year-old son with me. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you just nothing's worked out for you. That's good. You'll probably lose weight because you won't be able to drink in the hotel room and yeah. watch uh, watch porn all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we hope that works out for you at the Florida Coastal League. That would be awesome. We'll see. We'll, I had a great so, time with the Great Lakes League, so we'll see what happens. All right. As I sip my coffee here, I got a little cotton mouth. All right, so here we go now. You know what? I'm going to let you go first. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'll go, go first this time. Who All we right, got? My, my guy had a nine-year career with the New York Mets, but he played 14 years in the majors. All so, right. obviously. He's got to be know, something, right? 14 years in the bigs. There. Now, I will say this. He's lineage, meaning his dad played and was actually a successful all-star himself back in the late 60s, early 60s, late into late 60s. My, my producer, Chris, is looking at me like, I'm gonna, I should, we should know who this is. But all right, keep on going. He played okay. nine years with the Mets? Played nine years with the Mets. Oh, he was I got to know who this is. In 1987, the second round by the New York Mets. So he came up through the system, all which right. is nice to see every now and then. Okay. Uh, being a Mets fan. He actually had 202 career home runs, but he only batted 234 with uh, 599 runs in. So you're And what at, years did he play for the Mets? 1990 to 1998. Oh, that was the Mets were, not, Mets, were, Mets were not that good then. And his father no. played for the Mets. No, no, his father was not for the Mets. His father played for the Cubs. Okay. All right. So okay. I was going to say Del Unser, but um, uh, no, uh, Del Unser was 70s. So, uh, all right. right. So, so 1999, what position? Catcher. Catcher. It's funny. I also am doing a catcher today. We Ooh. do that sometimes. We match it up. All right, so catcher for the Mets from 1990-1980. He batted 234. Give me his name. Mr. Todd Hunley. Todd Hunley. Chris got that seconds before. He did. He mouthed it. Uh, now, Todd Hunley, wasn't he the one who had the yips? 
No, that's Mackie Sasser. Oh, Mackie Sasser. But, uh, okay. All right. So Todd Hunley, you know, he in the in the. See, now I remember him being pretty good. Well, he had, these, he had two great years. Two great years, 96, 97, wow. where he's an all star. Okay. And in 1996, he hits 41 home runs. 41 home runs. Time, all right. To break the all time catching home run list. But here's the kicker. All right. Because before that, the most he had was 16 home runs in 1994. Oh, steroids. There you go. So. <laughs> Now he gets so he he 16 home. See, I think that's worse than Bonds because Bonds was already like a very good hitter. Shitty yeah. Hunley does steroids. Now he's hitting 41 bombs. That's why they had to get get rid of. You can't have Todd Hunley so, hitting 40 bags. Well, this is what happens. He he hurts his elbow and actually a pretty bad bad accident injury wise on the field. He hits surgery and if and all Met fans know what happens next. You know, Steve Phillips, the GM, makes a trade with the Marlins for Mister Mike Piazza. Okay, and and you know he. Mike, you know, it's Piazza. You know, I don't done. care who you are. You're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's here's the kicker about Todd Hunley, though, which I found I found hysterical. Uh Rob Nayer, which is a uh a new news uh, New York news writer, uh summed up the trajectory of Hunley's tenure with the Mets as, and I quote, overmatched, dangerous, hurt, piazza, gone. <laughs> <laughs> That pretty much sums it up. You can say the same thing about me at Chop Sports Network. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So the Mets wind up trading him. um, Who'd they get for him? To the Dodgers. They actually get Armando Benitez and Roger Cedeno, which were two key pieces in the World Series. Well, Armando Benitez, again, he's he's been well documented, but he had one of those weird... We yeah. weird careers. We have to put him in this, went into this segment one day. Yeah, Roger Cedeno right. actually had a pretty good career with the Mets. And that was Cesar um, Cedeno's son, right? I, you know what? I have to look into that. I'm not exactly sure. I thought it was. Could I, be. I got Chris behind the glass looking that up. But that's funny. So, uh, Todd Hundley. Well, four, I didn't realize Todd he lasted Hundley. 14 years in the big, though. Yeah. Now, here's the, here's the negative part of Mr. Hundley's life, where we'll, we'll probably just hammer him in the next two minutes here. Um, so, he retires in uh, 2000. Four is his last year. He still gets paid $7 million, although he didn't play. Um, he gets married in 1990. We're going backwards. He gets married in 1990 to his high school sweetheart. They get divorced in 2005. In August of 2005, he's arrested and charged in Lake County, Illinois, while driving under the influence and endangering uh, the life and health of children after being pulled over in his Hummer H2 with his two daughters in the backseat, oh. failing ill sobriety test. Hunley attributed his condition to prescription painkiller Vicodin. Oh, okay. Then it jumps to 2006 when he remarries. And uh, 2012, he sells his six-bedroom Glenville, Illinois home for $1.4 million, $200,000 less than his 2004 purchase price. And that's all I could find on his life right and now. he's gone. He's <laughs> disappeared. Gone. This happens he's sometimes. <laughs> we laugh about sometimes these players just uh, disappear. Um Wow, so obviously he was probably a little bit of a partier. He definitely got involved. I think that steroid thing lends itself to being pill popping. Yes, um, well, yeah, you, he is. He's listed mind. in the Mitchell report in uh, 2003. But you, you know what? I, I say this all the time. Like I call it the Melky Melky Cabrera rule. Melky Cabrera was probably going to get cut or, or or be traded or be nothing. He ended up doing steroids. Had a monster year. Got right. caught, sat out a year, and I think he signed maybe a $15 million contract. So business-wise, if you owned a business called Baseball Player Players, 
you would say, hey, let's do this, do something illegal, come back and make profit. And I think that was always the biggest problem with baseball is that after you sat the year off, guys came back and they were better. But what happened was they were off the drugs now, and now they sucked. So Melky Cabrera, but I think even Melky lasted a long time. But those early guys like Hundley had no chance. I mean, yeah, he's, um, it's but still, important. fourteen years in the big, he made. He's, he's not broke. He's probably got a pension. No, he did well. I mean, I mean, overall, he had. Uh, How many home uh, runs did he have lifetime? Two hundred and two. All right, which isn't terrible. I mean, he had it's not uh, terrible. No, no, that's a I mean, bit similar to my guy, but yeah, two thirty four um, batting average with a three twenty on base percentage, slugging percentage was four forty three. Eh. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah just, I, mean, I, I don't get this. It seems to me I could be wrong. On this OPS and slugging percentage is so different from decade to decade. What was great 30, 40 years ago is different now, and what the analytics are and stuff like that. And, you know, um, you throw the shift in. I think that creates a lot of different different crap for different yeah, guys. No, it's, Especially it's, the guys know. caught in the middle of the. I always feel bad, like a six year veteran. And the shift is used now. He's screwed. He can't learn. But somebody who's like 15, right? But somebody who's 15 can, can learn. Coaches say, listen, well, you got to be able to go, oh, oh, you know. So I, right. I think the shift, you're going to find the hitters will outsmart the shift where everybody's going to end up playing straight away. But I think if it might take five to. years. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying. But if a guy's a 315, 320 hitter, okay, they're not going to shift on him that much because – He's going to be able to a three twenty hitter can can make that adjustment. I know it's but there's only like four three twenty hitters in baseball. Right, right. I mean, that, and that right now in the game, yeah, it's your it's your two fifty to two seventy hitters who it's tough for them to learn. They made it to the major leagues doing something like to, Tome. Uh, Tome's batting average would have dropped. He, he still would have hit as many home runs because you know, right? But his batting average, I don't know what his lifetime batting average is, but I, I believe a guy like him. His batting average, I think, would have been fifty points lower. Probably, I mean, probably, I mean who knows? You know? I, mean, I mean, the shift is—it's it's affecting. Uh, uh, I, I hate it, but at the same time, I yeah, know. And you had guys like Jay Buhner, those big power guys like that. Um, so anyway, uh, so who you got? So my guy. One. Well, that's it on that. So my guy. Now, my guy played eleven years in the bigs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lifetime batting average, 254, 136 home runs, 422 RBIs. He played um, 11 years. He played with the Yankees for five. He played from okay. 1990 to 1994. He was a catcher. Okay. Now, he, he was the catcher. Um, I, I was going to it's not really right before Girardi, but for another guy. Anyway, his name is... Matt Noakes. I don't know if you remember Matty Noakes. Wow, I do remember Matt Noakes. Okay. I wouldn't have gone. I wouldn't have gone. Uh, not a bad career, really. I mean, for the Yankees in 91, played 135 games, batted 268, 24 home runs, 77 RBIs. Um, in 92, he played about 121 games, plus he also DH when he wasn't catching. And um, uh, he had 22 homers and batted 224. So I'm guessing in that second year, they figured him out. He only had 59 RBIs, so... And his slugging percentage was 469 and 424. But he was, in my mind, though, and this is what we uh, what I like about part of the show, is in my mind, Matt Noakes was actually pretty good. The Yankees weren't good, but he was a pretty good ball player. Like, I remember, like, when he was up at the plate, I didn't feel shitty about it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this guy he had a shot. You know, you thought he had some nice pop. 
Uh, he was drafted by the Giants in 81, um, which is amazing. Whenever you find out, like, when the difference between, like, NFL and baseball, players get drafted in 1981, but, he, like, by the time he made, you play pro ball, it's so many years later, you know. Uh, you're like an adult. You're a kid when you get drafted. He got drafted in the 20th round. Um he ended up, the Yankees traded for him uh, for Lance McCullers and Clay Parker. I remember Lance McCullers. He stunk. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, what happened was he, he listen, the bottom line is uh, in 1987, uh, his rookie year, he had 32 home runs, and uh, which was like a record at the time. And he had some interesting things about him. Number one. He played for five teams, Giants, Tigers, Yankees, Baltimore, and Colorado. And once you get into that Baltimore-Colorado thing, in the in, in those days, like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, where everybody went to, to get that last year, Wade Boggs went, you know. So once you hear Baltimore and Colorado, it's like, you know, especially Colorado back then. You're, you're hanging on. They're, they're hanging on. You're hanging on. They're looking yes, for some pop in the, in the, in the thin air, stuff like that. Um, but... Uh, he he was a decent player, and they traded uh, Mike Stanley is the guy they got. Remember, he was like the Red Sox. He went on the Yankees. Mike Stanley was good for the Yankees for a couple years. So he had nowhere to go, and he ended pitching, up. They let him go as a free agent. With the Yankees back then, like who was he catching? Who was um, I can tell you one guy he caught, which is something I was going to bring up. He was the catcher for Jim Abbott's no hitter. Which you okay. always yes. see okay. on Yes Network, yes. the one arm, yeah. Jim, Abbott, Jim Abbott. Yeah. So even if he, even if Matt Noakes just goes away for the rest of his life, um, he uh, he caught a no hitter, which I think is you know which not, is, not a lot of catchers have. That was the Andy well, Hawkins days. Yeah, uh, Andy John Hawkins, Candelaria. Yeah, uh, yeah. They had a bad rotation. Yeah, bad of rotation. Course. Had a good hitting team. You know, Mattingly, Winfield. They were a little bit before that, but so they, they lost games thirteen to ten all the time. Oh yeah, bro. I remember like especially the. Previous years when you had uh, like Winfield and Mattingly that one year were just banging it. They were just bang they were hard. They were as good as like Manny and Ortiz, if you ask me. But the Yankee pitching staff, they had no closer. They had uh, that was just shit. It was a really rough time for them. Well, it was just um, before. I mean, that's what much before the you know the core comes up. Posada yeah, that was uh, but at one of the years his his one of his last years, I looked at who was who else caught. It says Mike Stanley, but also. Jorge Posada played in one game, so he must have been call up day after September first. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, Posada yeah. must have been like twenty one years old because Posada right. really didn't start catching until because ninety five was Girardi, ninety six was Girardi, Posada right. maybe ninety seven. They were kind of, and then they split the one year, um, and then of course they chose between Posada and Girardi. And, uh, and yeah, it's another thing, Girardi was a very good catcher. You know, Posada, his whole was very good catcher. Now, he was very good. Posada was not that good. Posada no, he could hit. That's why, they, that's why he So my question to you is who was better, Posada or Sanchez, defensively? Well, who was worse? You know what? I, I have to say Posada was better. Uh, okay. Uh, only because Posada got really lousy at the end. But Sanchez well, he, has he, been lousy. He was never that great behind the plate. I mean, Posada was lousy in the beginning, kind of got decent for a year or two, and then fell down quick. Like he couldn't. Uh, yeah, Sanchez I mean, has been bad through and through. He's through actually through. not having a terrible season this year behind the plate. Right. But he, he has to focus on it. Which yeah. yeah but if, focus. If, if we were looking at the Mendoza line for catching, which we should first call it the Sanchez line, yes. is he breaking over it or not? Because uh, I mean, he I, I've seen the game. I've seen some of the games. He's, he's starting to hit a little bit. Well, the Yankees now have so many power hitters. They're all all their um, all their batting averages are higher. But getting back to Matty Noakes. Oh, Matty um, Noakes. I used go. to love. Uh, 
there was a guy on our softball team. I forget his name now. And we played against him. Uh, I still can't believe I forget his name. He had like a Matt Noakes swing. And when I told him that, you ever tell someone you swing like Matt Noakes and they give you, you a know. blank stare? Like, Because <laughs> a lot of softball players don't really follow baseball. A lot of them are just big guys took a hack. But here's a weird thing. He actually he, he learned how to fly a plane. And he bought a plane. And, of course, like, you know, the Thurman Munson thing. Right. The plane leaked, leaked oil or something, and he had to land it on a highway. And he flew really low, waited for cars. They could clearly see him. And he landed, like, calmly and safely on the highway, pulled over. If, if the highway wasn't there, they said he would have crashed. So I guess his wife said, that's it, you know, totally get rid of uh, that plane. But here's the sick thing. He sold the plane to a guy, and a couple years later, that plane crashed on the same highway but he ended up in moving over into the shoulder and there was a car parked in his shoulder and he hit the car and like the guy the lady in the car died it was like a nightmare but like who buys a plane like don't you don't you ask when you buy a plane like hey did this plane ever crash someone lied because you don't buy i mean you just don't buy it's like the leonard skinner thing the plane almost crashed like 30 times i think it was aerosmith's plane and they got rid of it because the plane sucked but uh that was his little uh on the uh ap upi news services <laughs> the plane that matt noakes successfully landed didn't oh, yeah. go away for the other guy. But uh, I remember, like I said, Matt Noakes, five years with the Yankees, like a good little ball player. You know what I mean? But nobody knows. He retired. He coached with them, with different teams, like kind of like the uh, your Florida Coastal League and the one you coach. He did a lot of coaching like that. So yeah. there's hope for you. And then um, he ended up, uh, now he runs one of those big camps, like your buddy, who's the guy uh, we talked about, your friend who runs Austin those. Hobbs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they, they run these camps for like, if you're, it seems to me, if your kid's like really, really good and about to ready to do something, yeah, you, yeah, you go to Matt Noakes' camp and yeah. pay him $5 million. No, and pay him, you know, his, uh, yeah, his wage. And um, he ends up uh, coaching you. He's one of those uh, professional coaches, you know, individually. So that's what he's doing now. What would you, what would you rate him? I mean, because I, I got to give Hunley, I guess, I mean, 14 years, you got to give him like a B, right? I mean, he, now, he, he, I'm going to give Matt Noakes a C. You're going to give him a C? Yeah, I mean, because he wasn't as good as Posada. Well, let's talk about this. If we're going to have a scale, we need to establish what the scale is. That's true. Who's the A and who's, who's the, the F? Yeah, who's the A? I, I, now, defense, uh, well, forget about the, you know, uh, you got to remember, if the Yankees didn't win, I'm not so sure Posada would have been an A. But uh, I would say Posada's a B plus. If you never oh, no, no, an wait all-star a star game. No, but, but you, that's t- this is wait, but this is all I was not ready for this conversation to be for a loop, because so an A is like Thurman, Johnny Bench, that world. That's okay. what I'm saying. If you're the all time great, that's an A. That's a very wide scale. I mean, like excluding so, the greats. So an F would be like Jerry Naren and Brad Goulden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, no, I would say no let's do a scale of one to ten. I would say it's a one to ten. Right, one I'd to say 10. I'd say he was Matt Noakes was a six. Uh, all right, I'm, you know what? Hey, eleven gotta, years in the bigs, you got you know, you got to give a guy. I, credit I gotta give, I gotta give Hunley a five because See, I, mean, I, th- really, I think of Hunley being a little better than Matt Noakes, but maybe yeah, not. But only, yeah, well, the, the Mitchell report knocks him down a peg. Yeah, that's right. So they're about yeah, even, and the Mitchell and report not, knocks him down. Yeah, I mean these two great years, and it's it's literally stated. You know, Kirk Rondomsky, the Mets clubhouse attendant, so, sells him to Robulin. Uh, in nineteen before his record breaking nineteen ninety six season, so it's like, 
That's what's that's literally in the Mitchell report. So I, I got it. Right. Gotta, but you know, back then, again, I'm not going to get into the steroid thing, but like back then oh, it was know. known as like guys in gyms were doing it and guys were trying to get bigger and stronger. It wasn't, it wasn't like buying cocaine. And then, but then the well, league said how, it is right. cocaine. Knock it off. And some guys. Well, never that's did. what it was. That's what. That's what. That's how steroids gets in the get. It gets into baseball is because baseball is looking at cocaine, right? Because that they had the the, the Pittsburgh trials, right? Uh, that's what. So they were so worried about regular street old. drugs, they forgot yeah. that these other drugs make your right. balls shrink and make your muscles get bigger and your eyes get better, and then you hit forty-one home runs. Meanwhile, well, you never hit yeah, more than like, sixteen. You, you you gotta remember something. Steroids were not were not technically illegal until uh, nineteen either nineteen either nineteen ninety four or ninety eight at the uh, United States Olympic Congressional meeting. They don't become illegal technically. Right. So in baseball, baseball was never looking at them until and plus they only listed a certain amount and guys were using other stuff and. Now they got it all down to a little bit of a science, but oh, I still amphetamine think guys are using. Right, I mean, but well, they got rid of amphetamines too. It's another thing. Right. Well, that—that's what the real. If all, if all honesty, that's been the the, the, dr the drug problem in baseball for decades right. since the World War Two. Yeah, but like, is it really any different? Listen, I'm about to abuse doc, my doctor privileges, but like, what's the difference <laughs> between taking an, a, a greenie in a bowl that was in the clubhouse and guys chugging five uh, five hour energies to your body? I mean, I know. Probably medically it's different, but like you're, you're giving your body a jolt, but five hour energy is considered legal. But because I know when I take those things, I'm bouncing off the walls. Yeah, you're not you're not exactly wrong. But, you know, I mean, part of the problem with the amphetamines was they, you know, if you remember back in World War Two, the baseball players went to war. You know, they went to World War Two. They went to the Korean War. You know, so the, the United States Army was giving out amphetamines to keep the soldiers running. Well, when they came back. They were already hooked. They were hooked. And then yeah. back in those days to make extra money, ball players went to the Caribbean or South America to play ball to keep up their game. And they also got paid. And then in the Caribbean, I mean, it's documented. Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, all them, they had the two-pot coffee system. You know, the, the green pot was was loaded with amphetamines of coffee, but it was loaded yeah. with amphetamines. Yep. And the red one was regular coffee. So, you, I mean, that's what... I mean, it's it's a marathon season, 162 games a year. You need a jolt, like you're saying. It's and, and you got to know, you got to judge it by what was legal or legal at the time. But um, yeah. we could talk all day about this. Maybe we'll do a separate oh, yeah. show on this one. But so you got uh, Todd Hundley and I got um, Matt Noakes, two catchers that weren't shitty, but weren't that bad. Um, just two you know average players. We don't know what the heck happened. You know, you know what I like though is that they both played around the same time. Yeah, and very again, we don't know. We don't talk about who we're yeah. bringing on. We no, just, that's because it makes it more fun to do it that way. But yeah, I remember I used to play wiffle ball. I used to always try to bat like Matt Noakes, um, even though I was a righty, he's a lefty. But uh, no, he batted left-handed. That's right. I knew so. I was amazed by that. You bat lefty, throw righty. I can't even. I can't even sign my name lefty. And these guys are like playing major league baseball at a different thing. Well, that's that's usually they're probably born a lefty, and dad, you know, being a lefty, so, you know, that rare whatever percentage. Right. And dad was like, "Oh no, he's got, you know because he's got to play baseball." Well, if he was born a lefty, I assure you, his father tried to make him pitch. Because if you're a right. lefty, you play well, to your 47, and, and if you're a righty, you, your career ends at 40 at 22. Well, he taught him how to throw right-handed because he, you know, you know, if you're a lefty, you're either an outfielder or a first baseman, yep, or a pitcher. It. All right, my friend, another show in the book, show number two, Matt Noakes, Todd Hundley, and we will see you next week on what the heck happened to that guy? I didn't yeah, even get it wrong this time. The hell happened to him? Did. 
You did. It's do you remember that? Do you remember that guy? It's not too What's much it called? What is the name of the show? Do you remember that guy? Do you remember that guy? Yeah, you <laughs> I actually wrote it time. down thinking I'm getting it. I love, by the way, fans out there, I'm never going to get the title of the show. It depends on how many drinks you've had at the bar because it could be I could curse and say, the hell happened to him? Is he dead? That's going to be our next show. As we get older, the show's going to be called Is He Dead? And we talk about athletes who we think are still alive. Anyway, uh, it's another thing. The guy has to be alive to do that. We, we made that decision. But uh, Todd Hundley could be dead. I don't know. But that's it. Show number two in the books. We'll see you next week.